Our first scripture reading this morning comes from Psalm 89, verses 1 through 4. Listen to the word of God. I will sing of the Lord's great love forever. With my mouth, I will make your faithfulness known through all generations. I will declare that your love stands firm forever, that you have established your faithfulness in heaven itself. You said, I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David, my servant, I will establish your line forever and make your throne firm through all generations. Our second reading comes from Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Listen again to God's word. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy exceeds to those who fear him, extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he said to our fathers. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of God remains forever. Amen. For the past three weeks, we've been building up to today. This morning, we will complete our journey through the season of Advent, we began the season with the hanging of the greens. Each week, we lit another Advent candle, symbolizing light overcoming darkness as we move closer to Christ's coming. Today, we lit the fourth candle, which will be the focus of our worship today. After worship, we will change the colors to white, signifying the end of Advent and the beginning of Christmas. Tonight, we will light the white Christ candle and we'll, we'll be celebrating the birth of our Savior, welcoming in the season of Christmas. We've used the past three weeks to help us prepare for this, as well as reflect on what Advent really means. We did this by examining each of the candles of the Advent wreath and what they symbolize. Hopefully our our journey has given us greater understanding of the season and has prepared us to celebrate with either, even greater joy and hope this evening and in the weeks to come. Three weeks ago, we uh, looked at the first candle, the Advent wreath, which represents, as Mabry said, hope. We discussed how Advent is not only a time of waiting and hoping for Christ's coming in Bethlehem, but also his second coming. From the first sin in the Garden of Eden, God had a plan for the Messiah to come. Hope was, was present in the very beginning, and hope is still with us today. Without hope, 
we would be lost. Two weeks ago, we looked at the second candle, which represents peace. We heard of John the Baptist in the wilderness preaching a message of repentance and baptism. We learned that the kind of peace Jesus brings seems far from the absence of discomfort. It's a state of wholeness marked by the gift of God's power. Peace is knowing that the Lord of the universe is by our side wherever we are and whatever we're going through. Last week we looked at the third candle which represents joy. We talked about the end of the Babylonian exile and how the Jewish people now freed rejoiced but later they cried out for restorations because their fortunes had changed. We acknowledge that joy is not always present in our day-to-day lives. But we can remember past joys and hope for future joy. That hope is what can get us through challenging times. Today we look at the final candle of the Advent wreath before the Christ candle is lit tonight. It is the candle of love. Today we examine how God's love has been the driving force behind the birth of Jesus. The past three weeks have been nothing but examples of God's love showing his love for us. We've done nothing to earn his love. We've earned nothing but eternal damnation through our own sin and disobedient to God's word. But God loves us so much that he sent his son to suffer and die in our stead. In the book of Genesis, we find that God has a story of love for us. We read about Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. God prepared a place for man to dwell because of his love for us. He created the earth, the sun, the moon, the animals, and a place to live. He did all of that for the sake of man. He only gave one command for man to follow. One simple command that we as sinners could not keep. It set us on a path of sin and with that separation from God. God loved his creation for mankind that he built for us to inhabit. He was unable to let man condemn himself because of his love for us. In his infinite love for man, he set a new path. A path that would wind its way through Bethlehem and then through Easter Sunday with the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus. The love of God for man is difficult for us to comprehend. In our sinful nature, we tend to be vengeful and hold grudges. We are apt to hurt those the closest to us as well as strangers. Regardless of how good we may be on a given day, We are still sinful people. The church can be an amazing place when it's working as it's supposed to. When we are treating one another as if each person were Christ himself. When we were following the command that Jesus left. Love the Lord God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. 
This love should not be a foreign concept to us. Through the caring for one another, we can spread the love of Christ and create a nurturing climate. The expression of love can change those around you. Our actions often speak louder than words. Whether we realize it or not, the world is paying attention. As Christians, we should express love by caring for one another, listening to what people actually have to say, and by taking time out of our busy lives and trying to make a difference. The life that we lead here on earth is a temporary existence compared to the internal salvation of heaven. To fulfill our calling, we must submit ourselves and be willing to follow God's command to love our neighbor. This morning we read the famous song of Mary called the Magnificent. Mary considered herself not qualified to be chosen as the mother of God. But she was willing and humbled herself and obediently followed the path that was chosen for her. We should seek the same servant's heart as Mary, humbling ourselves and striving to fulfill God's command to love all people. The story of Christmas is one dedicated to sacrifice and love. Jesus offered himself as a sacrifice for the mistakes of others. We can experience the joy of love because we know the story and the impact of Christmas. But it may be more important for us to demonstrate the love of Jesus and be examples for others to see and experience that love. God loved us so much that he gave his only son to die for us. He showed his love by sending his son to atone for our sins. During his life on earth, Jesus was the example of love. He showed compassion and mercy for those who needed it and offered forgiveness to the repentant. He also explained the standard of love we are to share with others. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, we may not always be able to follow this command, but we should make every attempt to treat even total strangers with the spirit of love and compassion in everything we do. God didn't ignore us when we stumbled. He offered his hand to help us back on our feet. We should be willing to lend a hand when a stranger needs assistance. We should be an example of love and compassion that has the chance of changing the mood within our communities. God's love doesn't end at the church door. It extends to the whole world. In the same way, our love should not stop at our families, but stretch to all people. As we conclude Advent and look forward to Christmas, let us go out with the themes of hope, peace, joy, and love in our hearts. All are gifts from God's, God. All are attributes of God. And all are a direct result of God's love. 
The love of God gives us hope. The love of God gives us peace. The love of God gives us joy. In the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians, it sums it up best when talking of faith, hope, and love. Of these things, the greatest is love. Amen. Amen.